Welcome to Insider Marketing. I'm Mark Thomas, Head of Growth here at Powered by Search. And each week, we'll be breaking down a SaaS company's marketing, giving ideas about how we would improve the strategy to get more trials, demos, and revenue using demand gen, SEO, and paid media. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Insider Marketing. Today, I'm joined by Pedro. Pedro, it's been a while since you've been on. How are you doing? Hey, Mark. Yeah, I miss it being here, man. It's really cool recording these episodes, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. What's the weather like in Brazil right now? Oh, to be honest, it's really cold now. I mean, it's like 12 degrees Celsius, which is crazy cold for us. Oh, <laughs> that is cold. Yeah. That's like a pretty cold day here as well in Wales. So that must feel extra cold for you. All right. Well, today we're going to talk about UpGuard. UpGuard's a really cool product. I know the team there, or some of the team at least, and some of their alumni as well, which is cool. They're all very illustrious. So I'm looking forward to this one. And we've got a lot of good things to say about UpGuard and their marketing. But before we dive into the episode, here's a little bit of information that I prepared earlier. So I want to give you some context first around UpGuard. UpGuard is a risk and attack surface management software. They were founded in 2012 and they're headquartered in California. Now, like the majority of companies that we're going to talk about on Insider Marketing, we don't have conversion or revenue data. So we do have to make some inferences. Our bet today is that they're doing around $18 million ARR with a marketing team of around 10 and about 110 people overall. We're going to share strategy ideas for demand gen, SEO, and a little bit of PPC, actually, with Pedro Villarobos. Let's dive in. So, Pedro, when you first looked at UpGuard, how did you feel about it? Well, looking at their website, I can see that you definitely know some people in there because they have definitely read our playbooks, right? 100%, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool information in there, the way they're structuring the website, the information, the most important pages, they are all in there, you know, so kudos to them. I mean, it's really rare to find websites that are already performing so well on search as they are. It took me a while to dive deep into the website and find issues. I would say that I'm probably blocked on their website right now for how much I crawl it, eat and look it through <laughs> it, which is a good sign of, of how good they're doing. Well, look, we don't have access to their conversion data, but Pedro certainly has every piece of text on their website copied to his hard drive. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, look, the team at UpGuard are, are really impressive, and I've been watching them build this out for a little while. Actually, I think uh, I first became aware of it when they launched their new website, which is the one that you can see today, a couple of years ago. And I just think they're so impressive. They're in a space which is probably quite hard to compete in, because when people buy one of these solutions, they probably stick with it for quite a long time because of the nature of the product. And then the other thing about it is that there's probably a lot of very technical, very dry stuff around this industry. And frankly, UpGuard have done a great job of making this look great, but also do the job of getting people the information that they need. So I think, you know, more power to them for doing that. And also, as you said, Pedro, this is like a big website. There's a lot of stuff on here. And, you know, hands down, this is one of the most complete SaaS in terms of information architecture and, you know, execution that I've come across at the stage of company that they're at. And even much later stages have managed to actually achieve far less than UpGuard have done. So, yeah, that's impressive. Pedro, where should we start today? 
Well, when we look at their website and the searches they have, I mean, if tools are saying they have 200,000 organic visitors per month, I bet they have five times that, you know, you can always rely on tools like that. But I'm also saw that the majority of these searches are for really top of level, sorry, top of funnel keywords, which are great for us to learn about them. I knew about uh, Upward before. Uh, I'm also really interested in Pentest and everything security related. So I've read a lot of their content on previous breaches on other companies, which drives a lot of traffic, right? So people who are curious about what, why happened on other companies, they will find the information in Upward and they rank really well for that. Yeah, I think that's interesting. They've got a whole kind of section of their site called forward slash breaches. And it's, it's smart, right? Because the thing is that doesn't just demonstrate kind of, that doesn't just demonstrate a high level of sort of technical awareness. It also demonstrates a, a wider understanding of the industry. It also demonstrates expertise in being able to break this information down in a way that people can really understand. And a repository over time, that is significant, you know. I think that's a big deal for them. But you mentioned top of funnel stuff, uh, Pedro. How would you think about kind of using pages like this breaches page to kind of contribute to building awareness so that people go, oh, yeah, I need this tool. I'm going to sign up to Upguard. Yeah, I mean, when people are searching for this, they can be curious about what happened. That's probably the majority of their visitors. So I bet they have a really high bounce rate on these pages because that's the thing. People are just looking for uh, general information on what happened. But uh, the ones that seek to the pages, they are uh, not only reading through it, but they are looking if their own tech stack is secure enough. So I mean, a page like this, what type of behavior a proper lead would want to have? Basically to test out their features, to evaluate their website, they do have tools for that. Right now, when I look at all the pages, they are guiding the lead, all the leads through the same pipe. So if I'm in a bottom funnel, page, I will be guided to the trial and to their newsletter. If I'm on the top of the funnel page, I will have the same guidance. The thing is, uh, we want different uh, states of leads to go through different states of my sales pipeline, right? So I, the first thing I would really do here is to just review the type of CTAs I have on this blog content. So uh, I'm guiding the lead to the right pages, not only trials or tests, but uh, demos depending on the, on the stage of the content, you know? Sure. I'm actually looking here at one of those pages. So uh, let's have a look here. I've got debt collection, how an unsecured Elasticsearch instance exposed thousands of borrowers. That was May 5th, 2022. Now, what you've got here is is a pretty good kind of summary of what happened. But I think what kind of what you're getting at there and what I definitely see is that there's an opportunity here to not just kind of give the information, but say, all right, well, what's the intent of a person who actually comes onto this? And how can we align our product, our website so that there's an opportunity for them to take the next action, right? Now they have a tool to get a free score. So hang on, uh, specifically a security snapshot of your organization's security performance, where they give a view of organization's website security performance across 13 risk factors, right? So there is 
in this blog article an opportunity to say, well, somebody who's come to this is either working in security or they are currently concerned about security. Why don't we use this pretty close to the top, not to give them a a CTA for a newsletter subscription, which is what there currently is, but instead, just after the introduction to say, by the way, if you want to see where your organization is doing well and not doing well on factors like and then align it to the leak, uh, to the breach itself, the point of the article. Take this free score uh, or this free assessment. It takes two minutes and XYZ, you'll get this at the end. That is a much more compelling offer. Yeah. And when you look at their blog structure, it's way more aligned on how to show the content. I mean, it is aligned with our playbooks as well, but they have these two distinct structures for breaches and for blog posts. When you talk about the, the, the breaches, it's also important to have the revealed by to add the proper CCAs for people who are interested in that, you know, I mean, I just don't want to receive a, a newsletter if I'm looking at this, as you said. And to be fair to them, you may well want to. You're not at the end of the day, the target customer, right? But while you may want to, at the end of the day, you could better as a SaaS company align your product to the intent of the the page. And look, overall, what we're trying to do, we're trying to generate free trials, revenue. Now, giving the best offer for every page is is always the best approach, really. So yeah, I would definitely say that. What do you want to talk about next? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point given the best offer for each page. When I look at the website, having each of these blog posts or pages offering the right CTA, the right next step will make a huge difference to them, especially since they are driving poor quality leads when you consider the amount of traffic they are getting. You know, they are definitely also driving poor quality leads. I mean, there isn't a million people searching for breaches every month that are looking into buying a solution but they might be decision makers within companies. They might be people who help upwards teams sell it within their company, you know? Yeah, 100%. It's about, yeah, you're building like a community around your brand and that community isn't necessarily somewhere where people go to comment or, you know, take part in discussions. They are effectively a community of ambassadors. Either they are daily users, influencers or check signers, right? They, most people fall into one of those categories. Now, maybe they're not your daily user, influencer or check signer. Maybe there are competitors, but you can still get those guys into your audience, right? Into your community and continue to nurture them over time so that the next time they either need to switch from, you know, one of the vendors like site or security scorecard to a different product for whatever reason, or they start a new company or they join a new company, you're top of mind because over time you've nurtured, you've built relationships with them. And frankly, UpGuard has an amazing opportunity there to do this because they just have so much good content and their website is such a kind of, the product also looks like, I'm no expert in this, but like the product also looks like a brilliant product and all of those things together, I think they've got a real winning mix. I would say as well, like, that free score tool that we mentioned earlier, I bet that has an amazing conversion rate for people. And especially in a business like this, where the pricing is not sort of like, it's not like you would just go, hey, I'm going to buy UpGuard today because the starter package is 16K a year. Uh, like 
you need to generate leads for probably SDRs to build and sell to over time and nurture over time as well as marketing. So yeah, I think really here, if we sort of summarized everything that we're talking about, thinking about, it would be make the right offers so that you build your pipeline over time. That's what I would say to UpGuard, because at some point you're going to want to convert those people or they're going to want to convert for you. The structure they have right now for the cybersecurity rating and all, it's a beautiful thing. It's really actionable, you know. One thing I would take advantage of is to give a link back to every suggestion saying, okay, uh, this is how this should be configured or this is how to do it. Uh, when you look at tools like GT Metrics, for example, it's a tool for website speed evaluation. When they suggest something, they also link back to an FAQ explaining more about that. So they are basically driving more traffic within the website. Right now, the next step for how to do something on the website, they are just saying, see details and they are guiding me to a demo, which is really cool, but it's not necessarily what the next step would be for a user who is looking at the website security issues, you know? They might want a little bit more information. You know, the more I delve into this as we're talking, the more I can see sort of opportunities for them. One of those opportunities, I think, is definitely to explore how you would use this vast amount of content to capture and build audiences that you can retarget with LinkedIn. So, Oh, that's true. People see LinkedIn as an expensive channel, and frankly, like it can be. If you think about this in a sort of smart way, and there's a strategic element to this, and there's a tactical element to this. Strategically, what's expensive is trying to convert leads from zero to hero, right? So you're trying to get them from absolutely cold, never heard of UpGuard, not interested, to I'm booking a free trial today. That is expensive. However, if you build awareness and affinity and also build kind of trust from your audience over time, that becomes a lot more straightforward to do with LinkedIn. And even though the funnels become more complicated, you actually end up spending less and you're able to have more granular control over it overall, making it a pretty scalable channel for a company with a ticket price this high. So how would we go about doing that? Well, the first thing is I would just say to the team at UpGuard, you know, if we were speaking in a strategy session right now, I'd be like, look, guys, what's the awareness journey look like here? What pieces of content matter on that awareness journey? The first thing I would be trying to do is trying to get people to click literally anything aligned to any stage of awareness. And I would just be probably spending a little bit inefficiently at first in order to do that. Once I get people to, to my website, I can build retargeting audiences based on the things that they clicked on, the pages that they viewed, and how those align to the awareness journey. And over time, I can start to go, okay, well, look, people who clicked the free score but didn't end up seeing you know, the free score thank you screen that's an audience because they were interested in a free score, but they didn't actually take the thing. They didn't actually fill out the form. People who viewed the free trial, but didn't end up seeing the free trial thank you screen. Again, same thing. I would also build audiences around people who looked at the breach reports. And basically that would be a, I would continually send new breach reports via LinkedIn, just kind of basic 
promoted content almost just to those people because you're building up this kind of awareness over time. It's not about getting people to conversion straight away. For these long journeys, you are increasing your lead score within the lead. You know, you have to make them way more aware than just pushing them into a trial. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's completely relevant to have a trial if I'm not ready to move to another company. You know, it's just waste of time, waste of sales time. People, as you said, people won't just leave their current security companies for others for no good reason. And having a great platform, it's not necessarily a good reason in this field. Yeah, 100%. That makes total sense. Then the other thing as well is about like the way that this business is actually structured. You know, I know they've got SDRs, sales development reps. So those guys are on LinkedIn. So why not also take this amazing content and go, right, we're going to just write everybody in the company who works as an SDR is going to summarize one blog post a week. We're going to share something about working at the company on this other day. We're going to all and basically have question prompts as an organization and get the SDRs to literally, it doesn't matter if they're amazing at writing or terrible at writing, just start sharing content that is related to UpGuard. Now, we did this ourselves in February of this year. We got the team all sharing content on LinkedIn organically just by giving people question prompts. We didn't force anyone to take part. Probably uh, about a quarter of the team did. And the results were incredible. Like we got hundreds of thousands of dollars of pipeline. We had like some of the best SaaS companies in the world reach out based on those LinkedIn posts. They said, we saw your LinkedIn posts. We were really impressed. We love them. Can we work together, right? Exactly. And maybe they are not on the stage of looking for a new agency, but they are aware of us now crucially following us, right? So we've built a community around the PBS brand and we'll continue to develop that in different ways as well. But we're now in a place where we've attracted people based on a shared affinity for the kinds of topics that we're talking about. And that will only snowball over time as we keep on doing it. So yeah. Pedro, do we want to talk about competitor comparison pages? Oof, I really like their competitor comparison pages. I mean, tell me what you like about them. Yeah. <laughs> it's so rare to find a company that it is really doing a proper comparison without just saying, okay, we are better than them. Or, I mean, bad mouthing competitors, you know, it looks so easy to just bad mouth your competitor when you can actually explain to the user, okay, I'm looking at, at the, the comparison page with BitSight here. They say they have 170,000 supporter organizations. You know, they are saying BitSight is big, is really good, but we have 2 million scanned organizations daily. I mean, you can explain why the competitor is good and then say why you are better or why your solution is better. And I mean, sometimes you might even see that a competitor is better in some other places and you won't spend time with a lead that needs something that you don't have, which is also really important, you know, because the sales team time is worth a lot. And if they have to talk to explain small things to people, they end up losing good deals. And these type of pages, they really shorten the, the sales pipeline, the sales timeline, you know, when the user gets to you, knowing what you're offering and why you are better compared to other ones. Yeah, 100%. The way that they've structured this whole process as well. So step back a second here. So what companies usually do when they say we need to build some comparison pages is they'll go off and go, who are the people who we most commonly lead, lose deals to? Now that is a totally fair way to do it. But what happens is then you create 
maybe two or three competitor comparisons. Those competitor comparisons, firstly, you have to get them right. And that and that is hard in itself. You have to be honest, you have to be fair, you have to be well positioned and clear about their positioning and who their customer is as well. But the opportunity that so many people miss is to also create comparisons between other common pairs of customers. Now, I reckon that UpGuard has got probably 30 to 40 comparison pages on their site, and they are not in most of them as a headline competitor. That is super interesting to me for two reasons. Firstly, it's an incredible undertaking and like amazing execution that they've managed to do that. As we mentioned, their marketing team is probably not that big, and they have managed to do an incredible amount, frankly, with it. But the other part of that that is sort of mind-boggling to me is that I think really executed well on those pages just as much as they would on pages where they are the main competitor against somebody else. And these cover the industry. So like One Trust Vendopedia versus Panorays comparison. I don't know if I said that second one, Panorays. And then there's also UpGuard in there. Pedro, before we spoke though, you were mentioning about how to better use these pages. You were talking about being included as the kind of in the comparisons. You want to talk a little bit about that? Right now, when I look at the comparisons pages, for example, I just noticed that I can click in a menu item and it will guide me to the next stage of the page. They have a lot of content. They are driving a lot of traffic to these pages. They are definitely driving traffic to these pages. But I don't think they are, again, guiding the user through the proper pipelines, you know. There is one thing here that we are looking at the free score and free trial CTAs at the top. So the free trial is basically a demo, right? Uh, comparison pages, you barely have any CTAs. You are not using the a pinpoint focus content to guide the user to the next step, you know? So we look at here, for example, book a free demo. You have the contact sales, which is in fact linked to the demo page again, and the free demo. Is it a free demo or a free trial? It's a little bit confusing, right? Oh yeah, that's a good point. It can be really frustrating if I hit contact sales and I get sent to the demo page, which in fact says start a free trial. The other thing about that page, I think, is that on those free demo, free trial pages, it's not actually clear what the process will be. So it says, we'll provide you with a free personalized 45-minute onboarding call with one of our cybersecurity experts. And then there's a bunch of testimonials. It's great to have those. But it's A, not clear how what is going to happen on that call. Are we going to actually onboard me? as a free trial? Do I then get the seven day free trial after that? Can I use all the features? Can I invite my team? And then the other thing is there is just a work email address field that says book my onboarding call. And if you want to kind of really give people a feeling of, I want to take this action, you should tell them what happens after they take the first action as well. So I believe that this page will convert better if they only included a a progress indicator of some kind or explained like what will happen after they put in that email address because it's quite like given that there's a 45 minute call being offered it's quite a big ask to get someone to just give their email address without any context about what will happen because not everybody wants a 45 minute onboarding call 
some people just want to see a video. Some people just want to kick the tires, look at the app or, you know, the product and kind of get going with it. So I think that will convert better. I really understand the reason behind uh, getting people to the free trial. Their sales team is way more prepared to make the sale than anyone else. But again, they are just spending their sales team time with people that are not relevant. You know, they should definitely be taking advantage of the stages of the content they have to guide the user better. For example, when I go to the instant security score page, they don't ask for my website URL. They only ask for my work email address and where I heard about them. By the side of it, they are again trying to get me to the free trial slash demo slash contact sales. You know, it's confusing. Yeah, 100%. Pedro, we are almost out of time here, but is there, I know there's a lot actually that we want to say based on the notes that we have for this episode, but if you had to pick one thing, what would you uh, just finish off with? So when you have a web page, a website that's so heavy on and good content, an issue that's really common is to cannibalize your own pages. So you rank for a keyword and another page also ranks for the same keyword because you have similar content. You end up not outranking your competitors for this reason. Right now, they are having this issue with a few pages, especially looking at their glossary pages. And the only reason they are not seeing it competing with other pages is because there is an issue with how they are handling the canonical tags on the glossary pages that are being sent to 404 pages. So they are basically having two issues that are making them not rank well enough. They are competing with themselves. And while competing with themselves, they are also sending the searches to a 404 page. So they are de-evaluating their own website with this. As I said, this is a really common error, the, the cannibalization with big, heavy content websites. And for it's really easy to get so addicted to creating a lot of content and see the traffic coming in without properly taking care of these new leads. But this really small thing, the canonical thing, I mean, I bet this can raise their traffic a lot just by fixing it. Wow. Yeah, I know they use Webflow for their kind of their CMS for hosting their site as well. My experience of using Webflow, which I, by the way, I absolutely love as a platform, is that SEO can get pretty out of hand pretty fast, technically speaking, because many of the features that people use to kind of manage, say, WordPress SEO or on a kind of a, a different platform as well, those don't exist for Webflow. And so honestly, I'm amazed they've managed to do such a strong internal linking profile here, which they have. Definitely. But the fact is they'll have to have done that manually in my guess, uh, because Webflow doesn't have features that allow you to kind of automate some of that and stuff. That's a big old task for such a lot of content. And yeah, by having such a, a huge structure, you end up missing these small things, you know. I mean, just regularly uh, crawling the website to see if, uh, how Google sees it. It's a great idea for them. Yeah. I mean, look, it's a needle in a haystack sometimes, but if you know to sew a shirt, you really need the needle, right? So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pedro, thanks so much for your time. It's always a pleasure. We'll have you on again before too long, I'm sure. And if anyone at UpGuard, I'm sure you are, because I'll definitely DM you this on Twitter, is listening. Let's talk about working together. It'll be really good. Take care. Well, that's it for today. But friend, it doesn't have to end here. Because if you want to do something about your SaaS marketing, you should go to our website 
We have heaps of in-depth blog posts, podcasts, and other resources about how to grow your demos, free trials, and signups with Demand Gen SEO or PPC. Now, if you want us to help you with that, you can book a SaaS scale session by clicking on the work with us button in the nav bar. Or you can follow me on Twitter at I am Mark Thomas, that's Mark with a C, or follow our founder, Dev Basu, that's D-E-V-B-A-S-U. I'll see you next time for another episode of Insider Marketing.